Good morning, everybody. Hope you've had a good week. What about that thunder and lightning during the week? It's incredible, wasn't it? Some of the pictures of, of the storm over Edinburgh and the surrounding areas was, was just amazing. It reminds me of a story I heard of a little girl in a thunderstorm. Uh, the family were all as asleep whenever the, the thunder started to peal. And uh, the parents uh, hopped up out of bed because they were a bit worried that their daughter might be scared or uh, hiding under the covers or hiding under the bed. So they went into her room to see where she was and she wasn't in her bed and she wasn't hiding under the bed. And eventually they found her standing. She'd opened the curtains and she was standing there in front of the window, just smiling with her hands out like this. And and her parents said to her, what, what are you doing? What's, what's going on? And she was, she was a bit abused. She, she thought that, she thought they should probably know better, but she just turned around to them and said, God's taking my photograph. What an amazing perspective to have, isn't it? God's taking my photograph. That was a perspective of, of knowledge and of relationship that she understood between her and God. And as we continue our series on prayer, we're going to consider listening to God today and, and our starting position is to follow the example of that little girl and to recognize that God has made us for relationship with him. He wants to speak to us. And that really is all the reason we need for us to want to listen to him, isn't it? Through Jesus' life and death and resurrection, he wants to do two things for us. Firstly, he wants to free us from sin and death. And secondly, he wants to lead us into the intimacy of his divine relationship with Father God. You see, Jesus became like us so that we could become like him. Listen to the description of that in, we find in Romans 5. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful relationship, our wonderful new relationship with God, because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Our relationship with Almighty God, truly, truly amazing, isn't it? And all because of grace, nothing that we have done, nothing that we can ever do, only grace. And as in any relationship, communication is vital. And for us, that, that communication is prayer. Prayer is the gift that enables us to communicate with God, to listen to him and for him to talk to us and for us to talk to him. And as we think about listening to God, he, he is our primary focus as opposed to the prayer. When we focus on prayer alone, it's, it's easy for that to become an activity, something we have to do, uh, something we want to get better at, something we make incremental changes to in order to progress up some self-made league table of achievement. But making God the focus, that re-centres us around him and our relationship together. It becomes perhaps the most crucial way in which we express our faith, our ever-increasing faith in God. And all of that doesn't mean that it requires effort. It, it does effort on our part, and we'll have more of that a little bit later on. This deep truth that God longs to speak to us is something we continually need to grasp hold of and continually need to believe. 
And as we do, the question of what listening to God actually looks like, it's a natural question. Perhaps a better way of looking at it is to ask, what does God speaking to me look like? And if we know that, then we can position ourselves so that we can hear what he has to say. Now, God speaks in many different and varied ways, but perhaps the most fundamental, the most universal and straightforward way that he speaks to us is, is through our minds and through his word. He speaks to us in our, in our thoughts and he speaks to us through his word. There's a bit of a clue in that description of the Bible as God's word, isn't it? The Bible is unlike any other book. It's utterly peerless. Listen to these words from Second uh, Timothy. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And more advice from Hebrews 4, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's the reality of this unique book that we have that we know as the Bible, which is God's living and active word. And when I read a book by C.S. Lewis, for example, of course, I learn and I find out something to you about the author. But when I read the Bible, God speaks. His words are alive. His words are relevant. A conversation is possible. So you see, the opportunity to develop our relationship with God is completely endless. In order for that to occur, it does require effort on our parts. Pete Gregg sums it up well in his book when he says, Knowing about God from the Bible requires study. Listening to God through the Bible requires prayerful meditation. We take time to study and understand God's word, what it meant at the time of writing, what it means in the context of who Jesus is and what he did for us, and what it means for us today. We take time to meditate on a specific aspect of it, to chew it over, to talk it through with other people, to allow it to take root in our lives. The psalmist gives a wonderful picture of someone doing just that in Psalm 1. Here's what he says. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditate, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted by the riverbank, bearing fruit in season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So just as the water from the river gives life to those trees, feeds it and nourishes it and helps it to grow, meditating on God's word, allowing that to feed into us, allowing him to speak, gives us life and enables us to grow in our spiritual well-being. After studying and meditating, we find praying his word results and our awareness of God increases as he uses his word to speak to us, to prompt us. For example, this week I was outside <coughs> just in nature 
And I saw the trees and I was immediately reminded of that passage from, from uh, Psalm 1, the trees planted by living by uh, rivers of water. That awareness in my mind uh, brings thankfulness, brought thankfulness an opportunity to worship, thanking God for what he had done, thanking him for his word in me. I saw hills and, and mountains and various parts of his word were brought to mind as I thought of him holding in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest of mountains. That creates a sense of security in what God has done. It also created a sense of wonder in me too, the, the words from Psalms, what is man that you are mindful of him? So in the context of mountains and everything, I'm so small and yet I'm so loved. Again, an opportunity to worship. I felt the wind and it reminded me of, of, of the Holy Spirit being described as, as wind. And that, the thought process, and led me to thinking of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. And actually what God prompted me to in that situation was an instance where I hadn't been as patient as I ought to have been with one of my sons. And that enabled me to, to recognize that, to repent of that. So you see, a conversation starts to occur. God uses his word to prompt our thoughts. It's all in my mind. It's all there. That, that's where God is speaking. That's where he is seeking to affect that continual transformation into the like, likeness of Jesus. I listen to these words in Romans 12, which talks about that process and talks about the importance of our minds. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And we get additional advice in Colossians 3 on that subject of mind renewal. Here's what we read. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Set your minds. This is very much where our choices and our efforts are required. Setting our mind on something requires both aspiration and determination. An aspiration to go after something of value and a determination to keep on going to persevere, to, to push through. As humans and as sinners, even though we are saved, we're not naturally inclined towards prayer. And coupled with that, the devil very much desires prayerlessness in, in all of us. And that's why aspiration and determination are so important, for together they create discipline. Spiritual discipline, which is an inherent part of discipleship, of our discipleship journey. We learn to listen to God and we keep on learning because God is continually speaking to us. God is always with us and there's always more that we can hear from him. Imagine a radio. There's always music playing on a radio or always a story being told. There's always someone speaking. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, there's always something going on. But just because we're not tuned into that particular station or just because we switch it off doesn't mean that that stops, does it? It's still going. 
And so it is with God. He's always present. He's always with us. And our aim through, uh, through discipline is to grow in our awareness of him, grow in our awareness of his presence and of his voice. And thinking like that makes us more sensitive to that still, gentle voice of God. And it makes sense of the encouragement we find in his word to pray continually. At first glance, that can seem an impossible task. But thinking of it like this, of an awareness of him, of allowing, of listening to his word as, as we think and as we go about our, our lives, suddenly that starts to become uh, more possible. I love the description as, of prayer as being all ears for God. It's great, isn't it? Attentive, expectant, ready, all ears for God. And that speaks very much of the centrality of, of listening to him. Perhaps the most important and practical thing we can do in order to listen to God and to set our minds on the things above is to practice solitude. That's what Jesus was referring to when he advised that when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door and pray to your father in private. And not only did Jesus say that, he did it as well. He frequently went away by himself to pray to his father. He frequently frustrated the disciples when he just seemed to vanish. But that was because he knew the importance of the practice of solitude. Solitude is time and place for us and God and only us and God. So it's not us on our own. It's us creating space for us together with, with God. It's obvious really when you think about any deep relationship that we've got, they come about because of time and of honesty and of conversation on a one-to-one -one basis. That's how relationships grow and develop. A solitude is not a spontaneous response, at least in my experience. It requires planning and it requires action. It also requires faithfulness to the discipline that it is. In solitude, our external distractions are removed. But then what often happens is those inner distractions come to the fore. The ones that we often use the external distractions to hide from. And realistically, internal distractions, whatever those might be, will always be there to an extent, but they do reduce. Whenever we practice solitude, they do reduce with time. And while throughout life that reduction may not be linear, our lifelong aim is to know more of God's presence through the Holy Spirit and so have more space in our hearts and our minds for him to dwell. That's the aim as, as, as life goes by day by day. And this, is, this also has the effect of, of helping us to recognise uh, God's presence in the busyness and activity of life. Whenever there is that, uh, that treasure of solitude, whenever we're learning to hear him, then that inevitably spills out into those other bits of, of everyday life that, that are busier. What that time and place looks like will differ for everybody. For some, it may be sitting in a chair alone in the quiet. For others, perhaps it's out for a run or a walk or a cycle. 
for others, a, a regular drive somewhere. What's important is to try and find what works for you. I know for me, quite often, just sitting in a chair, I'm more likely to fall asleep. <laughs> so for me, going out, walking, having a run, it seems that uh, my brain is... is it, it, is taken up with having to make sure that my my walking is progressing well and that helps reduce the distractions that are there. So for you, it's important to find out what, what that looks like. And making it part of our regular lives, that's the key part. Remove obvious distractions, whatever they, those might happen to be for you. Phones, computers, books, magazines, whatever. Endeavour to take those away. Timing will be different for all of us as well. For some, starting with 10 minutes during the day, maybe that's, that's realistic and that's, that's great. And for others, that might be longer. Keeping it simple, keeping it regular and finding what fits with us and seeing it once again, not as an activity, but as just that opportunity for conversation with Almighty God, with a Father God who chooses, desires, longs to want to speak to us. That's the way to view it. So for all of us, prayer is the primary way in, we, in which we express our faith to God. It's our big no to self-sufficiency, to independence and to personal ambition. And it's our big yes to knowing Father God and obediently following his will. On this journey of prayer and, and of listening to God, we're, we're all very much at different places. And only God and us know where each of us are at. So now it'd be great for us just to take that little bit of time to devote some time to listening to God, to reflecting personally, where are we at on, those journey, on that journey? And, and what are those next steps? For some, it might be just establishing that 10 minutes every day. For others who are further down the line, it's, it's, it's continuing to have the excitement that God can speak. Maybe it's delving into Obadiah and seeing what does God want to, sell, to tell me from there. Others who are, who are more experienced, perhaps what it is, is finding somebody that you can input to. Finding somebody that you can pass on some of your experience and knowledge of how this solitude has worked during the years. What's important is just to listen to God, to go to him expectant that he wants to speak to us. He wants to lead us into something else, into something new. He wants to use us in the way of his choice. So why don't we do just do that now? Let's take a few minutes to, to ask for God's leading and for his direction. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for our relationship with you. We thank you that we can call you Father. We thank you for what Jesus did for us to enable that to happen. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that your presence is with us every moment of every day. We thank you for this amazing gift of prayer and for the reminder of your desire to speak to us. So now we sit and wait 
believing that you want to speak. Believing that in the silence you will lead us. You will show us in that individual, personal way just what those next steps for us are. So we commit to listening to you, Father. We commit to taking those steps. We commit to encouraging one another in that journey, to being accountable to one another. We thank you again for your presence with us, for your leading of us, and for your amazing love for each of us. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.